Good morning everyone. I hope you're all doing well. We continue to live in strange times, don't we? And Covid has dominated most of our lives for the last 10 months, in some ways for forcing everything else into its shadow. However, I found myself pondering some of the good of the last year this week. I had two great nephews safely born. Nick and I celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary and Sam turned 16. Nathan and Taylor brought their first house. We got to visit Ellie in Madrid and she got safely out of that city just the day that it locked down and since then she's found a job that she enjoys. I've lost weight and I've come off my blood pressure tablets and um, I'm free from the threat of um, diabetes. It's good to remember the good in amongst uh, the crisis that we're going through. Today we're starting our new series based in the book of Daniel and it's fallen to me to introduce both the book and the series which aren't quite the same things. I have to say that I am one of those people who thoroughly enjoys just studying scripture with no agenda. I love how we um, unbury facts and, and put things together like a jigsaw puzzle. For me, that's got a lot of life in it and I really enjoy it. But we're not approaching uh, Daniel without an agenda. We have felt that uh, God has led us to this book. It's, we think he's got things to say to us through our present circumstances. We worship an awesome God who is neither unaware nor indifferent to the challenges that we are all currently facing. He sees you and he sees me and he knows what this crisis and any other difficult events in our lives are costing us, whether that be physically, emotionally or spiritually. He's aware of our financial difficulties, our loneliness, our mental health and our questions. We truly believe that he wants to both encourage us and equip us in the midst of the current pandemic so that we can continue or even begin to flourish both personally and as a community so that we're able to reflect him clearly to the world around us as it comes to terms with this continued upheaval. You know, we're not called to bury our heads in the sand nor to wear an everything's okay mask whilst we struggle on in silence. In fact, what we're promised is hope and joy. This doesn't mean we pretend everything's okay, but rather we are able to come to our Father just as we are and allow him to show us the way forward, giving the Holy Spirit the opportunity to fill us afresh with faith and with hope. You know, the book of Daniel is often read for its contribution to our understanding of end-term events, but if we only concentrate on that aspect of this book when we read it, we are missing its main message, that being that God is in control, no matter how things look, and his kingdom will one day fill the earth. This book invites us into what it means for God's people to have hope in the midst of turmoil, to live faithfully as the people of God's in the midst of challenge. We believe that as we go through this series, God will speak to us about hope and about faithfulness and about his sovereignty and provision. 
that we will learn more about engaging with our culture and transforming our society even in times such as these. We will learn more about God's mission to the world and our part in it and about his ultimate victory over powers of darkness. Sounds good, doesn't it? The book of Daniel is in fact a book of two halves written in two languages, Hebrew and Aramaic. It's both a historical narrative and a set of prophetic visions. Approximately the first six chapters tell us the story of Daniel and his friends. And then the last six chapters are more prophetic in their nature, a series of visions given to Daniel by God. If you enjoy biblical study, then I suggest you read up on the um, literary structure of this book. It has an interesting um, set of parallels. But if you want a more general introduction, then I suggest that you look at the Bible Project video on Daniel. It's a, it's a good, solid introduction. The prophecy in this book actually proved to be so accurate that the authorship and the dating of it at times has been called into question but scholars now have agreed that it was written by Daniel and it was written at the time of his captivity. As I said it's partly a historical narrative so it's good to set it in its correct time and place. So it was written by Daniel, a Jewish exile to Babylon and that's in the region of modern-day Iraq. And it covers a period of around 70 years, beginning with his captivity in 605 BC. Around that same time period, construction began in Greece on the Acropolis. The main civilization was flourishing in Mexico and Aesop wrote his fables. It's around the same period that Buddha and Confucius lived and that the Phoenicians made their first known sea journey around Africa. It's also about the time that Greece introduced the olive to Italy. The book tells the story of Daniel and three of his friends, young men taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. These are but four of many who were taken captive during the subjugation of Jerusalem. Politically, it was their punishment for siding with Egypt in an ongoing power battle between those two warring nations. Spiritually, Israel had failed to heal God's warnings and continued in idol worship and in not following the law. The book of Daniel highlights God as king, showing his authority over earthly kingdoms and over the shenanigans of their leaders. As each ruler flexed his muscles before God, God himself responded with both wisdom and awesome displays of power. These human rulers were no match for Yahweh. In fact, they were dependent on him for their lives and their lordship. It's not an authority that God flaunted, and it's not always obvious, but a careful reading of the scripture shows us that God is at work throughout. Events may have seemed to be running amok, but not all was as it seemed. In the opening verses of the book we read, 
In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. At that time, such actions would have been interpreted as the weaker God of Israel losing out to the stronger God of Babylon. That was the purpose of taking temple goods from one God and putting it in the temple of another. But the key words here are that the Lord delivered. Yahweh was in control. He's the one who had given his city, his temple and his people into this foreign God's hands. But why? This is counterintuitive to us. If we're honest, we expect God to show up on our behalf to defeat his or our enemies and to rescue his people from trouble. I'm sure we've all asked God at some point to come and destroy this virus to rescue us from its harm. Surely this is how God is glorified and how his power is shown. But the truth is we don't always understand how he works. His wisdom sometimes runs counter to our expectations. Studying this book reminds us that the God of Israel is the God of the nations and he is always in control. He's been in control during covid during the present climate crisis, during Brexit, in the politics of the USA, in the drought in Yemen, in the refugee crisis in Syria. I could go on and on. And yes, it makes us uncomfortable and it raises difficult questions, but we still rest easier knowing that the King of Kings is on his throne and all is not as it might seem. Daniel was a young man-boy, ripped away from all he knew. He was separated from family, from his faith community, and from the apparatus and ritual of his worship of God. He became a slave, a slave ordered to serve the very king who tore his world apart. A king who thought nothing of killing those who opposed him. So much so that Jeremiah wrote to the exiles, urging them to keep their heads down, to, to live a life with a quiet profile. But no such path was open to Daniel. God had another plan, one which would make him very visible to both his enemies and his friends. Here, both Daniel and his friends collect as role models for us, as we too have to learn how to worship and serve God in a world in which our usual practices have been ripped away. I haven't been in church for 11 months. We began our isolation in early March when we returned from visiting Ellie in Madrid, just as that city went into lockdown. There have been times when I've struggled to stay connected, when I felt lonely and isolated, when fear has raised its unwelcome head. I miss seeing you all. I miss praying together, sharing a thought or a word. I miss seeking opportunities to encounter people. But like Daniel, we know that God is still on his throne. 
we can still worship. We've just had to change how we do it. We can still pray. We can still be a blessing to one another and to the world at large. Let's open our Bibles a little more often. Let's turn off the television for 20 minutes and spend time in his presence. Let's pick up the phone and talk to one another. As we study the passages of this book, subsequent speakers will bring out the examples of these faithful followers of God, which will hopefully both inspire and encourage us. It's easy to think that Daniel rose to prominence and his life was easy from there on in, but it's not the case. And just as we've had to come to terms with re-entering a lockdown situation, of seeing the hope of the summer thwarted at least temporarily, Daniel too had to face a second period of having the norms of his life stripped away. When Belshazzar replaces Nebuchadnezzar as ruler, he has no use for Daniel until the very end of his reign. For years, Daniel was stripped of his role and his position in court life. Yet again, he had to find a new way to serve God. If you are struggling with loss of purpose in this pandemic, if you're struggling to know how to fill your time, bear in mind that it was in this period of enforced quiet, not without its struggles, that God began to reveal to Daniel the prophetic visions which make up the second half of this book. Be encouraged, be filled again with hope as we study this book. Take the time to read it in full. God is still on his throne. He still sees you and he has a plan for your life. Maybe like Daniel, we need to step outside of the box of our old expectations and ask God for a fresh revelation of both his plans and purposes for us as individuals and as a community. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and refill you or refresh you and allow God some, God some time and space to whisper his words of encouragement into your spirit. Bless you and thank you.